What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Once you discover the adventure side, the outdoor adventure side of, of what Europe has to offer, that becomes like tier two of, of traveling to Europe because there are so many things that we want to check off of our list that are very real. You know, I mean, going to the Colosseum in Rome um, slash everything else that there is to do in Rome or right. seeing the Eiffel Tower or going to Berlin. You know, like there's so many cities that carry such rich, dense history that we want to see, that we forget to look beyond that. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hello and welcome back to Jump. I am Traveling Jackie and yes, it was my voice that you just heard in the opening because we have a bit of a flip on our episode today. We're featuring a conversation where I was actually interviewed for another podcast and we just had so much fun and I thought it was so relevant and useful that I decided to publish that conversation here too. So our interview host today is someone you've actually heard before if you've been listening to the show for a while. Lynn Neiman is back and she has started her very own podcast, which is called Wander Your Way. So congrats to Lynn for that. Um, Lynn was here in back in episode 116 to share about her adventure walking the West Highland Way in Scotland. So that might ring a bell for you. And today we are reuniting to talk outdoor adventures in general in Europe. So we're looking beyond the iconic landmarks and cities to what else Europe has to offer for the active travelers. So a big thanks to Lynn for facilitating this conversation and letting us cross-publish it right here on Jump. And I wanted to share this episode with you because so many of us are so focused on checking off the list of European cities to explore, which I totally understand. But sometimes it makes us forget that we can find incredible adventures outside of those cities as well, especially if that's something that we're drawn to nature, right? So we're going to give you some tips about how you can find some of those adventures, uh, where to start if you have no idea, and even some big ideas that are more affordable than you might think. So all of that is coming up. So prepare to daydream big time and maybe add a few things to your uh, European bucket list today. This is certainly a fun one. And um, at the end, I'm going to share another example of an adventure activity that I forgot about while we were having this conversation, but it really stands out in my mind as something unique and kind of out of the box and might get you thinking about something you might want to try. Um, and also at the end, I'm going to give you 
a curated list of other episodes to listen to if you want to continue your European adventure daydreaming. We've got a lot of that going on around here. So stay tuned for all of that. For today's episode, we're excited to be partnering with Oboes Footwear. Here are three fun facts about Oboes. One, the word Oboes is a combination of outside plus Bozeman because they are actually based right here in Bozeman, Montana, which is where I'm also based. Two, did you know that Oboes plants a tree for every pair of shoes purchased? Since they sold their first pair of shoes in 2007, they've had a tree planted with trees for the future. That's over 3.5 million trees and counting. And three, Oboes actually has their own podcast. It's called True to the Trail. And if you want to take a listen, I suggest starting with episode nine for a familiar voice. (laughs) I couldn't be prouder to be partnering with Oboes for the past nearly a year now. They are a brand that truly cares about people and the planet and staying true to the trail. Oboes is ready to support you on your next adventure. So check them out at oboesfootwear.com. That's O-B-O-Z footwear.com, obosfootwear.com, and look for a special link in the show notes if you want to explore more. We're also excited to be partnering with Gooder for this episode. Gooder makes lightweight, no-slip sunglasses, all polarized, starting at $25. And you can use code JUMP15 to save 15% on your entire order at gooder.com. And today we're going to hear from our friend Matt about his take on Gooder's. My name is Matt, and my current favorite pair of shades are the Gooder VRG How Do You Like Them Pineapples. I got those shades because I was looking for something super fun and super fast. I knew as soon as I put them on, I'd get to that tropical cocktail at the finish line faster than I ever thought possible. I used the promo code JUMP15, saved myself 15%. Does it get any better than that? Thank you to Matt for that. He is fast, by the way. I've seen him run. If you want to check out the How Do You Like Them pineapples, make friends with some flamingos and look good doing it. Remember to use Jump15 and head on over to Gooder.com. All right, let's go ahead and get started with Lynn. Hey, Jackie. Hello, Lynn. It's so nice to be here. I'm excited to see you again. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to see you too. I have with me today Jackie Norse. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's actually pronounced nurse, just nurse. like a nurse in the just hospital. Like we, we throw the O in it just to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, I was going to say, I would pronounce it. You'd look at it and think it was nurse, but it's nurse. Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Um, and Jackie, of course, is a traveling Jackie or the budget-minded traveler and of the Jump podcast. That's so, right. And yes. some of you might remember I was on Jackie's, I was on Jump well, a couple years ago talking about the West Highland Way. Was it that long ago already? Was, it was two years ago because oh, it was the last time on. I was out traveling for oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know I what? Know. I feel like we've just closed our eyes and reopened them and it's been two years since we did absolutely everything. So yeah, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me. No, <laughs> not at all. That was a fun all. podcast though. I it love, and I see your Scottish fun. flag behind you. And, I know. Um, that, yeah, I know. Just, I, I, if, they would, um, if they would start letting people in without all the, they have a lot of rules right now mm-hmm. still it, to get in anywhere mm-hmm. in the UK. So mm-hmm. um, I, would, I would go over there and heart be, but I think I just need to wait until they make it a little easier. Mm-hmm. I hear so, you. Yeah. yeah. I know. So Jackie and I are actually going to talk today about um, traveling to Europe for nature and for outdoor activities, kind of for the adventure traveler. And that can be, you know, the person that's like really into maybe something more hardcore, like mountaineering or something like that, or a long, a long trek, or it might be kind of softer adventure, just people that want to go out and do maybe a little kayak on a lake or a little stand up 
paddleboarding on a lake or just an easy, you know, kind of day day hike. So this kind of prompted, I'm going to, and I told Jackie before we, get, we before we started recording <laughs> that I had a little story. So a few years ago, I was... Um, I was working at our local community center in the fitness center. And so obviously, you know, you get some active, some relatively active people. And I started a conversation with this man who, and I don't remember exactly how it came up, but he said something about, you know, him and his wife having been somewhere, you know, hiking or backpacking or whatever. And I said something about going to Europe and doing that kind of stuff. And he goes, oh, he goes, no, he goes, we don't, we go to Europe for our culture. And we do our outdoor stuff here in the States. And I was like, but there's so many great places to go in the out. If you're into the outdoors, why aren't you also at least, you know, spending some of your time in the outdoors when you go to Europe? No, no, no. We go there for our culture. We get our outdoor stuff here. And I just was sort of baffled by this. Like if you're into the outdoors, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of great cultural places. There's so much history and everything in Europe. But you can also do the outdoor activities. And I was just, I probably kind of argued with him a little bit because I was baffled by the fact that he was an outdoor person. And yet they, I don't think I got the feeling they never, him and his wife never really did anything in the outdoors when they went to Europe. So yeah, which is, I think they're missing out. I, I do too, but you know, here I have, okay. I love this story and, um, I completely get this actually because I used to be the same way. And I, I feel like I want to, I want to offer, I want to offer this to people thinking, well, me too. Like I love the cities and the, you know, and it's almost like once you discover the adventure side, the outdoor adventure side of, of what Europe has to offer, that becomes like tier two of, of traveling to Europe because there are so many many things that we want to check off of our list that are very real. You know, I mean, going to the Colosseum in Rome um, slash everything else that there is to do in Rome or seeing the Eiffel Tower or going to Berlin. You know, like there's so many cities that carry such rich, dense history that we want to see that we forget to look beyond that. And it took me um, until... There was a day I remember thinking, why do I keep coming to to cities in Europe? And I want to say it was after 2010. Okay, so I had already lived in Europe for mm, twice in your in Italy for a year and a half. Um and you know, I had already been spent basically what I'm trying to say is I had spent a lot of time already in Europe and it wasn't until much later that I was like what am I doing? Like, I don't even like cities. I mean, okay, that's not entirely <laughs> fair because I, I can appreciate cities, but I'm not a city person. I'm like, small town girl, give me the mountains. Like, that's where I'm the most me. And here I am spending my hard-earned dollars to go to cities in Europe and <laughs> just kind of sat yeah. back and realized what I was doing. It's like, well, okay. But to be fair, I had already in all of that time checked off all of those cities that I wanted to see. Like I had already done all that tier one stuff. That's the culture that this guy's talking about, I'm sure, you know? And it was time to say, okay, let's dig a little deeper. Like what else can we do here? And that is where the doors kind of open to like, all right. Right. There's so much. There's so much. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I get that. I just think that you can have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> you know, you can kind of do both. I mean, and, and that's, and, and I guess maybe for me personally, and then even as a travel planner, as I kind of plan people's trips, you know, I, I get that pe- the people that are a little bit of a mix that kind of do want to, you know, 
maybe they want to spend a little bit of time in in Rome or Florence, but then they want to get somewhere out into the countryside and they want to maybe get on a bike or mm-hmm. they want to get on a trail. So mm-hmm. um, smart people. Yeah. <laughs> you, honestly, before you do it, you have to have the thought to do it. Right. And that simply enough is what I had been lacking was what is there to do in Europe? City, 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 city. You forget that there's another option. And so, and I think this is so drilled into us with the way that we are marketed to just with the images and stories and everything coming out of Europe that you have to realize there's so much more. And once you can make that decision, if, if you want to do that for yourself, then you can go seek out those those other places. But you have to know better to begin with. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't... It took me a long time just to learn that, you know, <laughs> just even living in Europe. Like, that I mean, yeah, of course, me. I like, had gone skiing and all sorts of stuff while I was li- living in Italy. But it was still my MO to like keep visiting... Or cities, you know, and and learning the history and all the stuff. And and there is also a side of it that, okay, if you're on a mountain, I mean, there might be people out there, I don't know about who your listeners are, but there might be people out there saying, yeah, but I can hike at home. So why would I spend a whole bunch of money to go over to Europe and then just go hike? Mountains are mountains, you know, like they might also think that. Um, And so it takes a special person who wants to explore what that means in Europe because. It is very different, but until you're willing to dig in and see what that means and what that feels like, then, you know, I I can see why people stick to the cities because that's the thing they definitely can't do at home is go see the Eiffel Tower, you know? And so it's, I I, I understand all the sides of it, but yeah, 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 I do too. So, um, so I kind of want to ask you about, you know, some of your adventures and, I, I kind of want to start maybe talking a little bit about like water adventures first, because that's something that I have like little to no experience with outside of like a brief kayak. But I know you've done some, you've done some sailing, mm. right? You know, I so have. to me, it's like, you know, there, there are a lot of places in Europe where you can get out on the water, whether or not it's getting out on the ocean, the Mediterranean, the, all the rivers and lakes that are all over the place. You've done some sailing. Am I right around like Croatia and the islands there? Yeah. yeah. In fact, only, I've only been sailing there and I've done okay. it twice. And sailing is a fancy word. <laughs> I, yeah. We actually didn't have sail sails on either of the boats we were on. But okay. so I've done this two times <laughs> and they're basically like motor yachts is, is the... Okay. Is the is the real is the real idea out there? Um, there are plenty of sailing opportunities though in Croatia, also in Greece. Um, Greece, and yeah. I actually did a whole podcast once on um, on how to basically like create your own sailing trip in Greece because you can hire out skippers and boats, and so you just basically that just becomes part of like, you know, your lodging expenses. You right. you hire out your captain and you can go and like a group of friends can go and rent a uh, a boat for, you know, a week at a time and sail the islands, which sounds amazing to me. I haven't done that yet. But um, yeah, though, it's funny that you want to talk to me about water because I'm, I'm not so much a water person. I like being on the water, but I definitely like, I, I don't prefer to be in the water. <laughs> And so, yeah, so a yeah. boat is a good place for me. Um, right. But yeah, I, but also things like stand-up paddle boarding. I mean, you know, mm. I'm thinking about like all the other things. It's like I've been mm-hmm. in a kayak, you know, mm-hmm. in Ireland on Glengareth Bay. And that's been the extent of it, you know. Um, 
I remember the first time that my Irish friend told me about surfing in Ireland. And I know I was probably mm. like, excuse me, <laughs> you surf in Ireland because, mm. you know, it wouldn't even dawn on me that you would surf there because it would be so cold. But they just, you know, put on all the wetsuits and, and yep. get out there and do all that stuff. So, you know, there's just so much, I think, to do like, you know, for people that even just kind of want to do a little bit, you know, something yeah. like easy, like, you know, like I know you do a little bit of stand up paddle boarding. So mm-hmm. there's tons of places for to mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff in Europe. Yeah. Let me, let me give one really cool example to anybody who wants to get off the beaten path. Um, yet it's right in the middle of everything. It's kind of a hidden gem. Um, have you ever been to the Island of Elba? No, I have not. Okay. So it's off the coast of Tuscany, off the West coast right. of Tuscany, right in the middle of Italy. It takes about 40 minutes to get there by ferry. And this is the island where Napoleon had been exiled. Um, And so there are lots of villages. It's a very mountainous island. It's very small, but it's hugely mountainous. And believe it or not, speaking of things you wouldn't normally think of, this is the place where I did my very first scuba discovery dive. Really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, wait for it. Because when I tell you, you'll be like, what? Why? Um, but it was, yeah, you can dive off the coast there. You can, there okay. are dive shops on Elba. And I was there on an adventure trip and we did a discovery dive. Well, that was how it had been um, marketed to us. There were some people on our trip who were licensed or whatever it is you get certified. Certified, and, yeah. Yeah, not licensed certified and they they were allowed to go like without the guys, you know? And then there's me whose palms were sweating underwater, if that's possible, who wouldn't like... I, I couldn't let go of the guide. I was kind of terrified. But there's a shipwreck out off the coast of Elba. And it, it's from like the... I think 1981 or something. It's not not that old. And it's not morbid. Nobody died in this shipwreck. So it's not like a scary thing looking at it. But it is a boat where it's not supposed to be, right? On the bottom of the ocean. Right, and right. so we took a little discovery dive out there. And, um, and actually, what was scary about it for me was that I'm also scared of... I'm scared of heights. Like I'm really afraid of heights and getting underwater and seeing a boat underneath you is just, there's something very wrong about that. Like you're, you're not supposed to be up above it. So I had more of a fear of heights than, than my water thing was affecting me that day, which was really interesting. But back to the point, I never knew that you could do that on the Island of Elba. And I mean, these, these adventures like this, these little things are, are absolutely everywhere. And that is a really good example of just, paying attention to what's being offered. Like, what are the signs saying? Who are the adventure companies around here? Like, what are they offering? Because you just never know. And just like the... If you keep yourself in the, in the box of the city and you think you know what you're going to see, then you're not going to notice all the adventure activities that are happening around you. Like that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a great example. A great example. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like there's just... You know... I, I remember too, like being um, on the north end of um, Lake Garda. And mm-hmm. again, it was like a place that I didn't, it, it wasn't, I didn't think about it, but it's very windy there. So there's lots of windsurfing. Mm. So everybody's out windsurfing. Mm. And again, it's like, it's not very far from Milan. You know, there's actually all these other cute little towns that you can just kind of, you know, hang out by the lake and not really do much. But then there's like this whole like windsurfing culture that is there. So, you know, to me, it's like, you know, and it's actually probably pretty well known, but like for me, you know, maybe not being so much of a water person, like finding that out, I was like, 
wow, that's, you know, really cool. Because again, you, you know, it's like, I'm not thinking about that when I'm on Lake Garda. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about just being mountains and good food and... Your next you cappuccino. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It's, it's because that's what we've been trained to think about. But yeah, I, I actually learned a lot on that trip um, that I went to Elba, a lot about the different uh, like spelunking and ra- rafting that happens right there in Tuscany that I just honestly never knew. <laughs> yeah. Which I felt, oh, and I also went sailing. You know what? I forgot all about that when we were talking about it like five minutes ago, but I did get on, on a sailboat right there too on the coast, right outside of on that Western edge of Tuscany. Um, we gotcha. took a sailboat and you can, you can learn how to sail there. Like you can actually go. I mean, this is, if you're going on a little trip to Lucca or something, one of those small, like walled cities, like get to the coast and see what's, what's happening there. Because we did get on a sailboat there, we took a little little cruise nice. up and down the coast on a real sailboat. <laughs> not, not on the motor ones. Not on the motor ones. <laughs> not to not to be. There's nothing wrong with the motor ones though, because they just have a different purpose. But sure, yeah. In fact, that those motor the trips in Croatia that I did left a huge impression on me. Because have you been to Croatia? Just a ravine. Yeah. Okay. A couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I am convinced that the way to see Croatia is by boat is on the water because the water is so special. There's so many islands. There are 1,200 islands off the coast of Croatia. Yeah. Um, and the mountains, the Julian Alps rise straight up from the coast. And so the view is unreal. And it looks similar to... I mean, if you guys haven't been to Croatia before, you can kind of imagine like what Italy looks like um, with the hillsides and the quaint flowers. And like that's Croatia, only it feels a little more wild, a little more um, kind of outlaw-ish. Like there's not so many <laughs> rules because I mean, let's talk about Italians for a second. <laughs> but, um, it's just a little bit more like raw and wild and beautiful and it's cheaper too. And so oh, yeah. Croatia is a beautiful place to explore a coastline and to do all of these water sports you're talking about. But by boat is unbeatable, I think. And one of the trips that I did was actually a bike and boat trip. And I've, I've, we can talk about this too in Europe if you want, but I've gotten really into cycling in the last... Yeah, I, that's, I, I wanted to, to touch on the cycling because I know you've done that. Yeah, so in and Croatia was the last uh, proper official, I should say, um, bike tour that I did in Europe was, was a bike and boat trip. So, I mean, they have bikes for everybody on board. You have the same bed every night and you just go island hopping. And then at every island, you get off and take a ride, um, on your bike every day. You take like one or two rides and it's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. In fact, that's why I decided to lead that kind of trip myself. That's why I'm, that's why I'm doing that this year because it's, it's so unreal that I'm like, you, you, you can't understand how amazing this is until you do it. So let me set it up. You just say yes. You know, like I know you understand that. It's like, you've got to just sometimes extend, uh, you know, get, give people a, an opportunity, an invitation and cycle touring. Oh my gosh. It's completely like changed my world. I love it. Yeah. It sounds great. And you've done, haven't you cycled in Switzerland as well, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I have done four bike trips in Europe, actually. The first one um, was in Portugal. 
through oh, really? wine country in Portugal. Oh, and nice. I actually just got an email today from biketours.com. I was that, they're the ones I was working with on this whole... I'm still working with them. But um, they originally were the ones to say, hey, we want you to try a bike trip. And I'm like, whoa, I'm totally scared to do this. Like, it's going to hurt my neck. It's going to hurt my body. Like, I had so many fears. And then I um, I went to Portugal with them and did this whole trip. And just today, in fact, right before I got on this call with you, I realized I had an email from Bike Tours, that you know, their newsletter that I'm subscribed to. And they sent out the Portugal video that I created. And so... I don't know if oh, you noticed, kidding. I was a minute late hopping on the call because I had pushed play <laughs> on this video and I was just watching this video that I created from Portugal 2018 through wine country. And it was just getting me so pumped up. I'm like, And now I get to get on and talk about this. Yeah. How many days was that? That was a, a week. A week. Okay. So, um, and yeah, that so you're was, kind of going what place to place, kind of almost yeah. like doing, you know, a, a hike that way, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it, except it was different because um, we covered so much more ground. I mean, yes, I know that's obvious, but it's also just so incredibly advantageous when you're wanting to see more and explore more. Um, you can move around so much quicker when you're on a bike. And I sure. know that makes perfect sense, but <laughs> it's available to you to do this. So we went through wine wine region of the Alentejo region of Portugal, which is just inland from mm-hmm. Lisbon. I mean, it's yeah, right yeah. there, like one hour. But who goes inland of Lisbon? No one. They go right. to Lisbon and then they go to Porto. They might get right. to the Algarve, but like nobody goes inland. But it was so special. Um, we just went from basically small town to small town um, riding our bikes. And we had a, a couple of van transfers and a couple of rainy days. But otherwise, no, we were mostly on back roads. And I mean, the things you get to experience, like one of the things that I highlighted in my video was um, we we kind of went on the back side of this farm on this dirt track. And we noticed like something was going on at the farm. So we stopped to pay attention. And there was a cow um, having a, a calf. Like the farmer was there. They were pulling her out and everything. It was, oh my I mean, God. it was, yeah, we watched this happen just from the side of our, I mean, just on the trail, you know, we had just right. stopped and like, wow, what? My mind is blown right now. Like I've, I've never seen that happen. And I did not expect that to happen today. Like you just, you can't have expectations because you don't know what's out there, you know? And so it's so fun to just go experience and just be open to the back country of Portugal, for example. Right. It, well, and then the nice thing is you're slowing down. So mm-hmm. you, 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 you have time for, you know, those things have, you have a better chance of those things happening, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, you're really slowing down and you're, mm-hmm. you're a little bit more connected with the culture and the people and, mm-hmm. and everything going on around you. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not a cyclist. I wish I was because I have a Yet. good friend. I have a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a good friend in Colorado who's done, she's done a couple of bike trips. I think she's done one through the Dolomites and I think she's done one um, maybe kind of, I want to say maybe in Spain, kind of probably near the Pyrenees. She's she's mm. done some, she's, she's pretty hardcore. What's so. holding you back, Lynn? I, I don't have a bike. <laughs> Oh, not an excuse at all. All right, I know. You, you need to come to Croatia with me this October. <laughs> you need to come. Oh, oh, so I'm going to be in Greece in October, actually. <laughs> what are your dates? You'll be right there. You can just pop up and come with us. Come on. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> you need yeah. to try this. It's seriously the best. Like you think hiking is great. It is. It really is. But guess what's even better? 
hiking, right? <laughs> That's what you're going to tell me, cycling. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. I, I, I see so, you know, when I'm out and about, you know, traveling, it's like I see so many people out biking. And, and you know, to me, it's like, yeah, you can do some of that kind of hardcore stuff. Like, you know, like I'm thinking about my friend Jenny. She's just, she's hardcore. She's, you know, up in the mountains and doing all that kind of stuff. Then you go somewhere like, you know, somewhere flat like the Netherlands or Belgium. And, you know, you can just be like, la, 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 yeah. la, you know, and just kind of take a nice, mm-hmm. easy, you know, cycle through, you know, yeah. tulips or something like that. Exactly. You know? That's out there for you. Also, two words, e-bike, electric yes. bike. If you are afraid of the energy that it will take, guess what? They have a bike for you. <laughs> And I saw those when in uh, two years ago when I was um, the last time I was in the Dolomites and I was up in the Alpe di Susi, you know, it's kind of a mix. There's some roads up there and there's, you know, trails of either wide gravel or, or little kind of, you know, single tracks. There were so many people on those e-bikes. Um, yeah. But I'd always be like, cheater. <laughs> mm. Until you do it. But yeah. And then I know. you're like, oh, this allows me to get up here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I no, know. there's no shame so, in it. I mean, obviously I you wanna you wanna mind the trail etiquette and e-bikes aren't allowed everywhere. So you do right. have to, but I mean on the trips I'm talking about, you know, um they they definitely are, you know, just uh yeah. I didn't I actually haven't used one yet. Uh, oh, I have used one, but not for one of these bike trips. But I have had people join me who wouldn't have done otherwise had they not had an e-bike. And that was yeah. really cool because, you know, I was able to do some of these things with friends that just, they wouldn't have been there. And so, but yeah, yeah, that, that for- is a nice thing about mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. about those e-bikes is it does enable people. Like I know darn well that, you know, I saw people on them and I'm like, yeah, there's probably no way that these people would be able to actually really kind of cycle up some of the hills. because. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, some, There's some steep, steep hills. Steep hills. I no mean, I, yeah, I rode through Switzerland, as we mentioned. And uh, there, there's some hills in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a few. Yeah. <laughs> but now, um, but, but did you, you didn't use an e-bike for that, did you? I or didn't, did you? I didn't. Yeah. yeah, no, I, um, once I did the first one in Portugal, knowing that I could do it, I was like, oh, I'm, I mean, also that was, I had been in really good shape that year. I had just been... I mean, that was like at the end of my three years of just being nomadic, which basically all I did was run and hike. And I mean, for three years, I was just in super good shape. And so... Because there's there wasn't a lot for me to do, but explore, right? I mean, I was constantly right. traveling. And so I was just keeping that up. And yeah. And so that's why I... Once I did the first trip and knew I could do it, I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm, it's my own personal challenge to not use an e-bike, but that's... I actually have one set aside for myself for this October in Croatia because I'm doing two trips back to back and I'm a little oh. worried about all of the mileage and, right. and also being, you know, the, the host and wanting to be able to chat with people. It's a different experience on an e-bike. It's a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'll, I'll try one. Maybe I'll you try should. one. I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to be in the Dolomites actually in September. So maybe I'll try one there. Oh my gosh, maybe please that's do. A place to and try. then yeah. tell me and say, yeah. Jackie, you were right. <laughs> I probably will say that. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah. So obviously for cycling enthusiasts, mm-hmm. Europe's a yeah. great place to go. I mean, yeah. you know. And I, so I did, let's see, I just want to mention one more of those that I did because we haven't mentioned it yet was in Austria. I actually rode my bike by myself all the way across Austria on the Danube. Yeah. Because the Danube river, it, well, being a river, like it's flat, you know? And so that entire trail was pretty flat. And I would recommend that particular route 
to anybody who wants to sample it because it's gorgeous and it's easy. It really is. And you can't get lost because you're following a river the whole way. You know, like even yeah. if you take a turn and, and end up in a town instead of on the bike lane where you're supposed to, whatever, you figure it out pretty quickly. But um, right. yeah, you can go. I started at the edge of Germany, like in a town just on the just inside of Germany. And on the first day, I crossed into Austria and ended in Vienna. So I went all the way across um, on my own. It was a brilliantly beautiful experience. Solo female experience, you know, I mean, quote unquote, like it was super safe. I had a wonderful time and I saw a lot of families out there. And so that's suitable for absolutely anyone who wants to have a taste of just a different style of Europe. And how long was that? Also a week. Oh, 220 week. miles. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know which one you were asking there. But, well, yeah. well, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, for some people, maybe it would take them a little longer. Some people, yeah. you know, a little Yeah. Little and less, you can, kind of I mean, if you use a company like Bike Tours, which is what I was going through, you can customize your trip however you'd like. So if you have extra time, do take extra time because then you can spend more time in the little villages on the way and maybe do a couple more castle tours or like monastery or wine, wine country tours. Right. You know, so that sounds really great. And and you're right. I mean, that's such a great way for like somebody that's maybe, you know, worried that they wouldn't be in like, you know, good enough shape or something like mm-hmm. that and wanted something that was relatively easy. That sounds mm-hmm. like the perfect thing mm-hmm. to, to do. Totally. Is, and you can even take like a bike, that. an e-bike there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like recipe yeah. for speed <laughs> right there. <laughs> Just don't go run, don't no run over any children. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. oh, let's say one more thing because yeah. people might be thinking about this too as being worried about traffic. And um, if you go on a proper bike tour, like one, basically what I mean by that is if it is organized and has... Um, you know, by a company that's local, which that's who Bike Tours uses is a bunch of local companies. And so it's luggage supported, which is great. So you don't have to take your bags right. with you. Like you don't have to weigh down your bikes. And also most of these routes are very carefully selected to be as little traffic as possible. So that's not mm. generally that's nice. a, an actual concern. Yeah. Right. No yeah, luggage, nice. no cars. Almost, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. If you, if you do it right, then you can be just completely supported and... Uh, completely on your own too. I mean, I never saw the people who were in the background of my trip. It was just me. But, you know, my bags would disappear from the front desk and didn't reappear at the next hotel. And Uh, I would just be (laughs) on my own during the day. And I had a a phone number that I could text if I had any problems. You know, like I felt totally safe and supported the whole way. So... It's, it is a really good entry point for those people seeking maybe something extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That having that support's great. I mean, that's how I did the West Island way. It's just, you know, your, your bag, you put your bag somewhere and yep. then it just shows up at your next place. <laughs> and all you have to worry about is what you need for the day and off you go, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you're on a bike or, or you're walking. So, so yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. So yeah. let's talk about some of our favorite places in the mountains because I know you and I are both mountain people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, you know, I remember listening to one a, a podcast of yours. I think it was you were in Bosnia. Oh yeah, you sat the long, and uh-huh. you were out kind of on a, a on a on a longer track. Yes, I think with some friends, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I loved that episode, by the way. I will just tell you you that. And I'll be sure that we we put a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, tell me about that because that was a little different. It was. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So um, have you ever been to the Balkans, the Balkan Peninsula? I've been to Croatia and that's that's really it. And Slovenia, but that's not really... They don't consider that the Balkans 100%. But sort Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah, so... The Via Dinarica is what we're talking about here. And the this what this is is a trail of which consists of a, a bunch of trails that basically already existed that have been connected together along the Dinaric Alps um to form a long distance. We're talking if you were to do the whole thing start to finish in one go, it'd probably take you three months for like a really um wow. yeah really fit uh, person. And so you can do pieces of this all starting in Slovenia, all the way down to Albania. So it goes through the entire former um, Yugoslavia. All It touches all of these countries, which is the point. And so my girlfriend's night... So I'm from Montana and I have this group of traveling girlfriends that is just so much fun to plan trips with because they're always like, where, where are we going next? What are we doing? And it's not city travel. Like we go hard. We go big. We've done uh, Patagonia treks and like island volcano hiking in Nicaragua. And, you know, so we we like to do big, hard things. And we decided to do a week in the backcountry of Bosnia on the Via Genarica. We like picked up, picked out a piece of the trail and <laughs> got somebody in Sarajevo to drive us like an hour out of town to the middle of nowhere where there just happened to be like this trail connecting. And I mean, our friend Jolie had figured all of this out just by like what research she could scrounge up on the internet, you know, and talking to people in Sarajevo and trying to get like these logistics together for us. And I just will never forget her face when we got to this point and there was actually a trail there. She almost cried. She's like, oh my God, it's going to work. You know, and and the poor driver who's like this 20-year-old kid, like a local, he's like, are, are you... Sh- you want me to leave you out here? You know, we're like five women from Montana with our backpacks ready to go. We're like, yep, we'll see you later. You know, thank you so much for the ride. And he's like, okay, you guys are crazy. You know, and so we set off and we ended up spending... um I think it was the next four nights uh, just in the backcountry. We did two of them in forest service cabins. And I mean, we didn't see anyone else hiking along this trail the whole time we were there. And we ended in Sutjeska National Park in Bosnia, in the in the southern part of Bosnia. And that, to me, l- reminded me of Yosemite. It was like huge oh, wow. granite. Like, it was incredible. Absolutely beautiful. And we're talking mountainous. Really, really, really big mountains, um, big views, big landscapes, and uh, super rugged. We had apps to follow like where the trail... We were using GPS basically to get us from point to point and and to make sure we were on the trail, which sometimes existed and sometimes didn't. You know, I mean, it's kind of like always a work in progress, this thing. But that was one of the most adventurous, really adventurous trips I think I've ever done in such a short time. It was only five days, you know, but it was right. six or something like that. But just being out there and being so remote in a region where there's no people and none of us spoke the language, you know, cause it's, um, they're speaking Serbian, Bosnian and, right. you know, that's, that's foreign enough that even I don't speak that. <laughs> it's <Yes>. so <laughs> yet, I should say, yet, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was 
we did it in such a way that we didn't have to bring our camping stuff. Um, we wanted to travel light. And so that's why we stayed. We did a homestay one of the nights where we actually stayed with oh, a local wow. couple who lived out on a farm and they cooked us our meals and kind of sent us with um, like lunch the next day. And we the two nights that we did in the forest service cabins, we had kind of camp food with us that we stocked up on in, in Sarajevo before we left. And man, you know, I remember before that I was a little overwhelmed. I was really stressed out. Just to, That's just where I was in life at that point. And I was nervous about going on this trip into the backcountry in this state, you know, of like, ah, I'm kind of right. stressing out. And, and I slept so well on that trip. Wow. It was just so quiet. And so, I don't know. It was just, I think being so remote, so far out there was just time to actually reconnect and rest and be quiet with nature and just each other. I mean, we're the five of us are such good friends, you know. So it was a beautiful time to be out there with my girls in the backcountry in yeah. some foreign place. I was like, this is, I love this. This is my love language right here. <laughs> love it. Yeah. 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 You know, and and that's just it. It's like, you know, again, you know, you can, I think when you go to Europe, you can do something where you can get that remote or you can do something like, you know, like where I've, like the one place that I always come back to is like the Alpi di Susi in mm-hmm. Northern Italy. It's not remote at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are little huts that you can go to. So you can just hike. You can then go get, you know, a glass of wine or beer, you know, something to eat. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. It's not remote at all. So the, to me, and then there's everything in between. And, you know, that's kind of the nice thing too, is like you can go and be and really get into the backcountry with something like what you did in Bosnia, and then you can have something where you have, you know, you're more connected with the culture and you're also just closer to civilization, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have that. So you have kind of your choice when you go there. Absolutely. Um, Not that you you don't in the States, but I do think that there are so many more places in the States that tend to be, you know, I lived in Colorado for 15 years. So I know it's like, it's more like you're away from civilization in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and Europe is, it actually does a really good job at combining things so closely. I mean, I don't know if people, for example, realize that there's a coast outside of Rome, like 40 minutes and you can go to the beach or um, caves and hot springs. And I mean, there's the Apennine Alps, just north of, just in Tux, in Tuscany, you know. I mean, there's yeah. there's so much going on right in the middle where everything is that um, sometimes people don't realize. Yeah, there's a oh man, there's so many things that are now going through my head. I once <laughs> went to a witch festival in the Harz Mountains outside of Leipzig, Germany. <laughs> so really, yeah, it's like happens around. I want to say it was probably fall. So it was probably close to Halloween time. Um, but yeah, there was like this, there's this little village in the Hearts Mountains that has some folklore about witches. And I mean, it's gorgeous up there. There's like tons of hiking and we did go hiking while we were out there. And there's, I think there's some lifts you can take or the teleferry yeah. goes. Yeah, um, probably. But I mean, this is like, in the middle, like right outside. There's just, that's my point was just like, that was surprising too. Like, I didn't know that was there. You know, you just kind of sometimes have to open your eyes and and look what's next to the city. Like what's next on the map? You know, what is there? The Black Forest, for example, right in the middle of 
that whole heart of Europe in southern Germany and 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 that's out- on my list. Yeah. You know what? It's on mine too. I've only kind of skirted the edge of it. Bavaria though. Oh my gosh. I, my yeah, heart has I, I, been I taken been there yet. Oh my gosh. You I love, love it, Bavaria. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I do love Bavaria. There's there's a lot to do there. A ton of lakes hiking. And this is right outside of Munich. So if you're going to Oktoberfest, <laughs> extend your trip a couple <laughs> days and I mean, yeah. So many different lakes and and yeah, really, there's... really cool adventure. That whole region, Tyrol, south of, of Bavaria, like what you're saying, northern Italy and then mm-hmm. Austria. Um, it is unbelievably beautiful and I agree. endless things to do. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody listening that if, if you don't know where to start, start with your own interests. <laughs> Right. You just never know. If, if you're interested in guitars, for example, see if there's a festival, go, a festival going on somewhere. You know, if you're interested in, um, I, I don't know, anything, if it's culinary, if you want to learn how to cook, do something different with it. You know, don't just go to a cooking class downtown Rome. Like go on an adventure where you're spending a weekend at a chef's house in the mountains doing, you know, something wild and, and different. Right. Or, right. um, a supping like adventure. Yeah. So I stumbled upon this place called Area 47. Have you ever heard of that? No. <laughs> it's in Austria so. and it's no. actually like an adventure park. And it was so much fun. We did this ropes course there that was absolutely insane. It was like underneath of this bridge that was like 90 feet high over this raging river. Oh my it was God. so terrifying, but it was so much fun. And we also got to ride e-motocross bikes like we got on dirt bikes they were e-bikes e- oh my god bi- like huge huge things where if you if you lean it out you're falling down like you gotta yeah. be careful on them right so much fun like i would never have done that but we just kind of like we should go to this place and see what it's all about and i mean yeah I could go on. These things just keep popping up in my head, like these little gems. <laughs> you've that we've done, done. You've done so much. I mean, you you've done you've done a, you've done a lot. That's for sure. And hardly yeah. anything too. I'm like, oh, there's so much more to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. do a Scotch whiskey trek in Scotland. Yeah, that would be a good one. You know, um, I after doing some episodes with Bo Fraser, who is a a guide in in Scotland, is he, and is he related to Jamie? She, Jamie, oh, Jamie. is she related to Jamie Fraser? <laughs> no, but we did talk a bit about Outlander because she does get some some Outlander fans um, that she she takes on tours. But um, you know, we were talking about like so many of the long distance trails too that are just you know around Scotland. Mm. You know, and some of them are you know you don't have to do anything that hard. There are a couple of them that are kind of down like more in the borders area, and you know they're just kind of through you know, kind of rolling pasture land. There's um, there's one that I think goes to a bunch of abbeys, like ru- mm, abbey mm-hmm. ruins. So you're just kind of out in the fields and, and you come up to these abbey ruins. So there's the history element to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's one of the things that for me that I really like about kind of going, you know, into nature in Europe is usually there's also it seems like there's almost always some sort of cultural or historical element to it. Inevitably, mm-hmm. there will be something along the way. Yeah, I mean, maybe not every time, but a lot of times mm-hmm. there is, and you know that's always kind of a, a nice plus. Um, as somebody who like I love history, so yeah, it's it's like you know to me I love being able to go out and 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 see that as well mm-hmm. and experience that. And that's something you get in Europe that you don't necessarily get here. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you know, right. And and I remember like the first time like going into a national park, I think when I was in Europe and I was like, why are there houses around? You know, because our mm-hmm. national parks are so like, it's just about the land. Whereas you don't really see maybe a town or anything. Like when I was in North Wales and going into Snowdonia National Park, well, there's all these little towns in there too. Hmm. But that's part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of also part of the culture. And there's these cute little towns and there's, you know, history and there's legends. And then there's these mountains and the forests and streams. And, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. this it's this great mix of everything, um, which is kind of nice about some of the national parks in in Europe as well, is it's not just the land. You know, it's it's also part of the the history and the culture. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, now I'm thinking about when I went skiing in Switzerland once, we, this was so cool. And I wish that we had this in the United States so much. But when you, and this is funny because I was just saying that I was skiing. We also went hiking because there was not a whole lot of snow. The time It was like Christmas oh, okay. in 2015. And uh, my brother and I went skiing in Switzerland. And the very next day we went hiking at the same like ski area. And, gotcha. But we hiked up to a chalet where both days, either on skis or on foot, it didn't matter. Once we got to the top, we had fondue at a chalet, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're taking different, we're in different places, heading up different aspects of the mountain, but there are lodges. Like you said, there were people, there are houses up on the yeah. mountain and people live there and they have for so long. I mean, you just ski around them, you know, and then right. there are these lodges that serve fondue in the sunshine on top of Swiss Alps. Mm. I I, that is what I wish we had. I wish we had a chalet culture here. <laughs> That would be, so, you, I mean, you, hiking to food, like what's more rewarding than hiking to food? Uh, no Especially kidding. when it's fondue. <laughs> yeah. Hiking <Jeez>. to cheese. <laughs> yeah. That cycling tour through the Swiss Alps, by the way, lots of fondue. Such uh, a reward. Yum. <laughs> Switzerland's kind of like good the raclette, too. The, rec- <laughs> the raclette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having like with, with the potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. That's tasty. <laughs> that's good. And there's some pretty good Swiss wines as well. So. And beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I just kind of find it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, and, and you just brought up like skiing. It's like, yeah. obviously, you know, winter is such a great time to go mm-hmm. over there too, because there's good skiing. There's, you, you can get out and do cross-country skiing, snowshoeing snowboarding, of course, you know, yeah. all all the fun winter things. If you want to get, you know, if you're a hardcore, like, you know, rock climber, ice climber, there's places for that. So, yeah. And I there's, will there's say... There's a shortage of um, winter places. Yeah, this might be helpful too, is if, if that interests you, you can rent everything you need over there. So when my brother came to visit me that time when we went skiing in Switzerland, he brought me my 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 out my outer like my ski pants and my ski jacket because those are two things I didn't have obviously traveling with me but um and I think maybe my goggles but that's it because everything else like the ski the hard equipment we were able to rent very very cheaply in my experience I've skied in two I think two different ski resorts in Italy and then one in Switzerland and in all of those experiences I would I feel confident saying it's way cheaper to ski in Europe than it is in the United States. Really? Um, oh, yeah. 
even to rent. It's, it's just, it's really cheap. Um, and so I wouldn't let cost or, or the fear of having to carry your baggage with you, um, stop you from, from exploring what it might look like to go ski over there. Uh, because it's not, it's not that big of a deal and you don't have to bring everything with you. Yeah. Well, I figured you probably could rent everything. I'm just surprised that it's, it's um, way cheaper, you know, that it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're talking big mountain West, like in the West now, I mean, I live in Montana, big sky is, it's like $200 for a lift ticket in a lot of the places in, in Colorado, in in Tahoe, Montana, you know, it's just getting so expensive. And so I wouldn't, it's probably cheaper to go on a ski vacation to Europe than it is in the States right now. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. You know, and the interesting thing is I remember reading, um, I remember reading, I think a blog post by somebody that I follow and she talked about like the the Tatra mountains, which are mm. between Poland and Slovakia mm-hmm. and that there are some areas there. Um, and again, I think like down in Bulgaria as well. And those places are oh, yeah. even cheaper yep. than, you know, going, obviously to places like, you know, Switzerland or France or Italy, you know, you're talking about going to some places that probably have some pretty decent snow and, yeah. and then they're going to have, you know, definitely cheaper prices for everything. Absolutely. Bulgaria, incredibly overlooked, underrated. I love Bulgaria. It is yeah, I've, such I've a been. cool country. It's so rad. You guys need to go. It's gorgeous. It's covered in mountains. There's sandstone formations. There's wine country. There's the Black Sea on the east. I'm becoming a promo piece for Bulgaria. <laughs> but it's like it, they have everything there. It's such a good um, yeah. spot for... And Since we're talking outdoor... I mean, I've been biking in Bulgaria. Not like multi-day thing, but I have gone biking there. And it's just like... The snow-capped mountains will make you wonder, where am I? What is this? You know? Yeah. And here you are in Bulgaria. But nobody yep. talks about Bulgaria. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. another it's another flight. Like all that whole Balkan Peninsula, it's an extra flight, but you get an extra reward for going the extra step, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're probably right. Like I said, I mean, I've only gone as far as Croatia when it comes to that. But everybody that I've talked to, I know somebody that's, you know, actually from Bulgaria. So yeah, I mean, and he's, you know, he goes back every year because he's, you know, that's where he's from. But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody that's been into those parts, I mean, you know, whether or not you're talking about the Balkan countries or, you know, then coming up into like places like Romania or something like that, everybody says, you know, it's worth that that extra time to get there because, you know, you're kind of in places too where, you know, they're just starting to maybe build a little bit more of a tourist infrastructure. But, you know, it's not it's not crowded. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And you just have and the people are just like so ready to like welcome you as well. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, there's lots there's there's a lot of places that I want to go and explore there. So many places, so little time. I know. It's the, the constant problem, <laughs> isn't it? I, I'm so with you on that. Man. Yeah. 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 So do you want to share like um as we kind of wrap up, if is there like a certain adventure at a certain place maybe that you've been that's kind of one of your favorite places? In that Europe? Ever, yeah. That is yeah, such like for, a big question. Outside. I know. <laughs> for, I know. For what? For, uh, for, for what? You know, you said for going... <laughs> For for, for going like, for, <laughs> for going for getting into the outdoors. I mean, like, is there or or do you have like one specific story that really kind of sticks out? I mean, I know I already you know you already mm-hmm. kind of gave a, a few, but hmm. Oh man, 
I was trying to let you help me narrow it down by, by finishing your <laughs> sentence of favorite place for going. I'm like, oh man. Um, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I think I'll say one that we haven't said yet. And it's sure. not necessarily a favorite, but it's the first time that I um, have kind of done an adventure like this. And I really want to do more. And we haven't even mentioned this country yet. And so Sweden. Right on. Um, ah. Yeah. Sweden. So the Scandinavia, first of all, is, I mean, I can't believe we just talked about yeah. Europe without and outdoors without bringing up Scandinavia. I think that yeah. probably deserves its own podcast episode and probably with right. someone other than me because unfortunately I, I haven't gotten <laughs> to experience all of that yet. <laughs> I'm, Norway is so high on my list. Oh, but Me um, too. Me too. Yeah. There was a really, really fun thing that I got to be part of that was in Sweden. Um, I was there for a travel conference, but we... So there's this one day of this travel conference where we get to pick out of like 30 different adventures. They call it Day of Adventure. And they had a running adventure that they were offering. And I am a huge trail runner. I love to run. And this run was in Western Sweden. So the whole thing was in... This this took place in Western Sweden near... I'm forgetting the name. Um, The island was called... something small. Um, that was not helpful. Sorry about that. But there's an experience called Icebug Experience. It's a race that is a three-day thing. And this company, Icebug Experience, extended an invitation to let us run with them for a day on parts of the course. And they took us around this island that started with an R. <laughs> and it was like full of little fishing villages. And we got to run 10 miles that day. Just like it was a group of us, not a race, but just like a running adventure. Like, let's just go running instead of cycling or hiking. You know, I mean, talk about starting with your interests. That's what I did that day. I was like, well, what do I love to do? I love to run. And here's a running adventure. Sign right. me up. And we started um, in this little fishing village and ran like 10 miles and they they took us around also there were some transfers and we got to go in uh, a sauna and hot tub um i mean sweden <laughs> you know like it was it, they had fresh apple juice like from the region right. that they were giving us um and i mean okay that wasn't mountains but that was it was an outdoor adventure that I was oh, so awesome. excited to take part in because I had never done a running adventure before. And I really would like to do another one. In fact, probably one of the top things on my bucket list is to... Um, so maybe this is the answer to the question is something I haven't done that I want to do is uh, go back to the Dolomites and do a hut to hut running adventure in the Dolomites. That's my dream. Oh, that sounds really neat. Right? Yeah. You can picture it. If you've been to the Dolomites, you know the way that the mountains are just kind of spread out and connected by all of those trails. I think it would be just as fun to bring a mountain bike um, and also just as fun to come back in the winter and bring skis. Because as long as you can get back to where you started by some connection of gondolas and trails and right. whatever, um, then you can just go and go and go. And so that's one of my dreams is to do a, a running adventure in the Dolomites. Yeah. Same friend who I mentioned about the cycling. She's done some running adventures. She did one. Did she do one in Croatia? I'm trying to think. 
There's a an outfit called Rogue Expeditions that she's done some with. And I know she did one. She did one in Patagonia. She did one in Kenya. And I maybe it was Slovenia. I can't remember now. Mm. It was one of the two. Mm-hmm. I think it was Slovenia or Croatia that she did. I think she did one there. That sounds so fun. Um, and they have, yeah. And they have them like in like Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think they have one there now. So yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the things that I usually get out and do. I did a lot of running when I was traveling in Turkey 10 years ago. I would just get out and go wherever I was, mm-hmm. you know, kind yeah. of like along the sea or whatever. And, you know, running through the vineyards, one of my favorite things to do <laughs> every time I've mm-hmm. ever stayed anywhere mm-hmm. where that. So. It's always, I I always feel like getting out and running, no matter where you are, is such a great way to just kind of get a lay of the land too. I totally agree and would highly recommend it. It's something I do as well. It's just like you get to learn your new town or whatever it is on foot by run and you do it faster because you're running. You get some funny looks sometimes. but Yeah, depending on where you are. (laughs) Yeah, it's not as common for people to run in in cities, I don't think in Europe. That's like the the impression that I get is either that or they, you know, this is what I tell myself when they, when they stare. It's probably just because they like my hair or like they like my clothes or something. You know, like when you stare <laughs> at someone, why are you actually staring at them? Well, you probably yeah. like their, shoe, their shoes or their shirt, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I'm like I, I, telling myself I, this. So maybe it's not just because I was running. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. I, I, you know, I run in Dublin um, because, you know, I have a friend that lives there. So a lot of times, you know, if I'm staying with her, it's like, I'll go out and run. I don't get a whole lot of, I don't get many looks there. So, okay. you know, so yeah. I think people, people run there, but, but I think I remember running in Florence one time and yeah, I think I got looks there. Okay. So I was in Italy too, actually. <laughs> so when I, I, was, I spent a, a month living in Lecce in the very, in the heel of the boot. Yeah. And that is where wow. I got so many looks. I'm like, all right, this is definitely not normal, but I have to do this for my own sanity. You know, I'm just going right. to keep it going, whatever. And um, for anybody who wants to know if that feels safe, sure it does. Like it's, it's safe enough. And, and actually that's why I would stay on, I don't know, kind of busier streets and just to be always in someone's eyesight, you know, there's people around and did make me feel safer, but yeah. Yeah. Running. Yeah. So running adventure. Running adventure. Yeah. One that you don't have to be an ultra marathoner for though. Cause I'm not, (laughs) I'm like a casual runner. Yeah. I'm with you. It's like, and I'm just, I kind of got away from running a little bit, like kind of, you know, towards the end of last year. And so I'm just kind of getting back into it and I'm not fast. And I, you know, it's like, I just, I, I would probably do something like that too. As long as I could just go out and maybe just do a handful of miles Yeah, and then you could take me back and you know? Yeah. Or like that that's where you hit the car and move on to the next hut, yeah, you know, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure It'll it can be, be done. That. Yeah. Yeah. Love so, it. well, this has been a lot of fun talking about all the places. Whew. Yeah. We could probably I know, keep going on so and on. Much. <laughs> we definitely could. And we could probably have this like once a year as we continue to explore. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm excited. Very fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Jackie. Yeah. And um, um, where can people find you? Traveling Jackie at Traveling Jackie or TravelingJackie.com. And um, my group trips are Jump Adventures. So all of the above is where you can find me. All right. Great, Jackie. Thanks so Thank much you for so being much. on the show. <laughs> Bye. Ciao. Well, I hope that got your mind traveling as much as mine (laughs) and thinking about so many ways we can look beyond the cities and get into nature in Europe and enjoy the same sort of adventures that we do at home or maybe 
that we just dream about at home. Europe is just an amazing place. I can never stay away from there for too long. It has my heart in so many ways. Um, So I promised that I would recommend to you more episodes to listen to if you want to keep your European adventure daydream going. So if you want to take notes, you can. This is also in the show notes, but here we go. These are episodes right here on Jump Podcast that have to do with outdoor adventures in Europe. So we just had one, episode 152, the Western Balkans today. 126, five adventure firsts in Europe. That was after I spent a month in Europe. And that does include a couple of mentions of that Area 47 that we talked about and some other things I did for the first time. Uh, 125 is off the beaten path on the Via Dinarica in Bosnia. That's the one we were talking about with my girlfriend. So we did that crazy adventure in the backcountry of Bosnia. 118 is hut to hut long distance hikes around the world. That's with Sherry Ott. A lot of you guys know her. Um, and a lot of that took place in Europe. Episode 116, I already mentioned walking the West Highland Way in Scotland. That was with Lynn um, from this episode. 105 is off the beaten path in Tuscany. If Italy is on your radar, listen to that one. Episode 104, cycling the Swiss Alps. That was literally from the restaurant over fondue, my friend Carly and I were recapping our trip that we had just spent a week biking through the Swiss Alps. So that's a fun one. Um, Episode 93 is all about planning a sailing trip and how you can, like I mentioned earlier, hire a boat and a skipper and go on your own sailing trip. Um, And then episode 91, just one more that I'll mention is called 220 Miles Solo on the Danube Bike Path. And that was my recap of what that week was like for me cycling along the Danube River in Austria, which, oh my gosh, that was such a special trip for me. I loved that one. And I really do recommend that as a an ease into that adventure, um, especially biking. If you haven't done it before, that's such a, re- it's just such a good trip. It's so well organized and just, um, easy because it's flat. And so you can kind of do it however you want. So anyway, so many ideas for you guys. If you want to get lost in those episodes, again, that list is in the show notes. Um, And on top of that, I'm going to go ahead and um, put links to a few of the videos that I made from my bike tours. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. You guys who have been following me for a minute know how much I love biking. Enough to host you guys on a boat in Croatia this fall for our very own bike and boat trip, which I am so looking forward to. So check out those videos if you want to see uh, more of what Lynn and I were talking about. And also one more idea for you, because I told you that I would tell you a story about a unique adventure that stands out to me. I did mention that I like running, but for whatever reason, I totally forgot about this while Lynn and I were chatting. But once upon a time in Switzerland on New Year's Eve, (laughs) my brother and I did a midnight trail race to ring in the new year. And they do this every year. It's called the New Year's Marathon in in German, of course, but it's called the New Year's Marathon. It's outside of Zurich um, because yeah, there's also a marathon. We did the 10K and I am pretty sure there's a half marathon option as well, but it was just so, so cool. Um, The race started in a gym, you know, because it's middle of winter. It's actually cold. So you start inside in a gym, like a gymnasium outside of Zurich. And we ran a big 10K loop over the river and through the woods and and neighborhoods along a trail. Uh, And because it was ringing in the new year, we started right at midnight. We did a countdown and everything. And then everybody set off with headlamps 
And people like in the neighborhoods, not just people watching the race, but the all the neighborhoods were just alive. There were ringing bells and fireworks going off the entire time. And because, I don't know if you guys have ever run in the dark, but because depth perception is totally off, um, we ran so fast. I actually PR'd my 10K time that night during that race, which is just wild. And that means that I ran my personal best 10K um, at that time. It was just so invigorating to be running with so many happy people in the dark. That was ringing in the year 2016. Um, And it was just hilarious. We just had such a fun time. So all that is to say, back to starting with your interests. Think about what you like to do, what lights you up, and consider where you can find that thing overseas, even if it only takes, you know, an hour, like a 10K, something different. Start with a simple web search. You never know where it might take you. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this little daydream trip to Europe's backcountry. And I hope you find a way to get there yourself sooner than later. If you did enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend or leave a five-star review for me. These things truly help me out. And I appreciate you so much for your help and support and encouragement as always. Stay safe out there. I'll see you guys soon. 